the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Ron Geyer Roofing. The Bible describes events that will mark the last days, or end times. 2 Timothy 3.1 says, This know also, that in the last days perilous times shall come. Matthew 24.44 tells us, Therefore you must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour when you do not expect Him. Bible teacher Ron Geyer leads us through Scripture that will help us to remain strong in the Lord. End Time Insights with Bible teacher Ron Geyer starts now. Hi, everybody. Ron Geyer with End Time Insights again. Thank you so much for tuning in. I cannot tell you how grateful I am that I'm allowed to come to you on this radio station. It was a God thing. One day, I think I'll share the story how it came about. And we just are so grateful. And so I thank the Lord. Last week, we spoke about Second Timothy chapter 3, uh, verses 1 through 5. We were talking about the 19 characteristics of last day's mankind's behavior and what it would look like and how it has permeated the church, too. You know, these aren't just bad people out there living on their own, minding their own business. They're actually infiltrating the church. They're infiltrating the kingdom of heaven. And we're trying to warn you about this. You know, we don't sit here and run down pastors. We sit here and we talk about the things that they, for whatever reason, may not be able to speak about. So today, I want to pick up in Second Timothy chapter 3. I'm sorry, Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 3. And we did the first eight. We talked about the first eight. And the last one we spoke about was last day's mankind behavior. Mankind would be without natural affection. And we referenced that to the family. They would lose the natural order that God designed for love within the family. Mom and dad loving each other, loving their children, children loving mom and dad. Well, in the last days, that's not going to be the attitude anymore. It's going to be totally different. Children are suing their parents. Mom and dad are getting divorced. Dad and mom not protecting their children, letting their children out on their own. That was what Without Natural Affection was referencing. Today, we're starting off with truce breakers. It's a broken treaty or a contract. Basically, it's a broken covenant. And once again, this end time behavior also references the family. And mainly, it's referencing divorce. It talks about the fact that families are no longer staying together. The family is under assault. Remember last week we told you the strength of a nation is in its churches and the strength of a church is in the family and the strength of the family is in the union between a man and a woman in Christ. Well, that's what's under assault today. If you can break down the family unit, basically this nation's going to fall. Benjamin Rush, I know I've quoted this before, one of the greatest founders of our nation, uh, signer of the Declaration, the Constitution. He's also considered the father of public education in America. He also had a huge hand in the instituting of medical schools. He was a doctor. Just a tremendous blessing to our nation at its onset. And he had mentioned that the goal in public education is threefold. Number one, teach our children to love and to serve God. Number two, teach our children to love and to serve their country. Number three, teach our children to love and to serve their families. If you can get the family, there we go. You're seeing what's happening today in our nation right now. So that was Truce Breakers. And I had a friend of mine, he teaches marriage classes, and he had mentioned to me, you know, Ron, things are looking up. I go, how so? He goes, well, the divorce rate's going down in the church in marriage. I go, really? He goes, yeah, isn't that great? I say, do you know why it's going down? Uh, He says, no. 
I said, it's going down because people aren't getting married anymore. They're just living together. They're not bothering with the marital covenant. Uh, the church has kind of let that slide about preaching against divorce. The church isn't promoting godly marriage, godly union. And what's happening is people just doing what they want. Lovers of self, well, I'm just going to live with this one. I'm going to live with that one without ever bringing that marriage under the covenant before God and getting his blessing. That's why those numbers may be down. I'm not sure they are anymore. Okay, truth breakers, number nine. Number 10 is false accusers. I'm sorry, number 11 is false accusers. And the word there, this is really interesting. Uh, The phrase or the wording for false accusers is diablos. And of course, you know, that means devils. And literally, the way that's written in the Greek, Paul writes it, devils, 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 devils everywhere. And we see that happening. False accusers, you need look no further than look at what they're doing to our president. Look what they did to Kavanaugh, Supreme Court Justice Kavanaugh, and to, uh, what was his name, Gorsuch. They brought all sorts of false accusations before them so that they would not be confirmed. Once again, the assault is on the Christian in America. The assault is on The Bible, the assault is on the Constitution, the assault is against the church, and anything that they can do, they'll make up any story, any lie. We saw they did it with Jesus, talking about that he was going to go ahead and he was going to destroy the government, take over the temple, destroy the temple in a military operation. And we see it in our government, too. Things are playing out just as they did in the days of Christ's time. So we're seeing the fact that our president is under constant assault. You know, one of the Ten Commandments, it's found in Exodus 20, it's repeated in Romans 13, 9, thou shalt not bear false witness. Thou shalt not bear false witness against your neighbor, basically of the people you know, your sphere of influence. You're not supposed to be lying about people. It's, it's a violation of the commandment of God. And yet we see it time after time, day after day with the news people. They accuse Trump about lying of everything. And that's false. You know, I had somebody, Juan Williams was on the News one day, and he was talking about that Trump lied about building the wall. I go, what are you talking about, lied about building the wall? And then he explained it. He says, well, Trump said he would build a wall, and he hasn't built it yet. But, you know, nobody challenged him. But the reason Trump hasn't built the wall is because Congress won't fund it. You know, he's being blocked. His intention was not to deceive America. His intention was to build the wall. It was a campaign promise. Truth be told, I think there's always already like 180 miles built. By the end of next year, there'll be like over 600 miles built. He is building the wall, but people lie about that. They lie about our president because he stands for righteousness. He's doing a really good job. So false accusers are going to be prevalent. They are, there's devils. Remember, Paul wrote devils, devils, devils to describe this. There's devils in our political system. There's devils in our media. There's devils in our schools, devils in our homes. We've got devils in the law, the House of Representatives, devils in our athletic endeavors. We've got devils in the entertainment industry. We've even got devils in our church. The devil goes to church. Until we start preaching Jesus, honoring the Holy Spirit, following the Holy Spirit, we're going to have those devils showing up to deceive the masses in our churches. Right now, you can see that Franklin Graham, I believe he's in England as we speak, he's had these meetings set up at these public venues, you know, like maybe it'd be like the Astrodome or uh, NRG Stadium or Yankee Stadium, but they're in London. I don't know the names of them, but he's got these meetings set up two years in advance and they're backing out. Why are they backing out? They're backing out because the, what is it called? I get these letters wrong. The gay community, the LGBTRSQ, whatever, but that community, and they're spreading lies about them. They're accusing Uh, Franklin Graham of being a hater. That's the furthest thing from the truth. He is not a hater, but those 
those reprobate minds, that community that is godless, they want to keep him from telling the truth. And so they make false accusations. He is not a hater. But they say by him taking a stand against homosexual love, by him taking a stand and calling out homosexuality as sin, he is a hater. And he hates the normal social order that has been turned upside down on its head right now. And, of course, because these people, they don't want their reputations tarnished over in London, they say, okay, well, we're not going to allow him to speak here. And that's just a big lie. It's just a big move against the move of God that he's trying to establish over in England. So we have to be very careful. We're seeing that happen in measure here in America, too. And God's trying to do things here. And yet the church is being put in the corner. Uh, So many of our American preachers, we put through the prism of the, what is the filter? We check our sermons through the filter of political correctness. And we check it out. Well, I can't say this. That's going to offend this group. Well, that's going to offend the American Indian. I can't talk about that. That's going to offend the Spanish community. I can't talk about that. When we're just trying to get people free. Don't you understand? Many churches say we're not going to talk about sin. And yet, if nobody ever tells them that they're sinners, they're going to remain in that sin. The whole idea of the gospel was Jesus said, repent. John said, repent. You have to begin the gospel presentation, letting people know they're sinners. And when they're over in London now, they won't, uh, they won't let Franklin Graham talk about sin. They're denying the people the opportunity to get free from that sin. And that's what false accusers do. That's what truth breakers do. We're doing the same thing in America today. The next one, people are going to be incontinent. Last days, end time, mankind behavior, incontinent. Now, that's a medical term that's used for people that their bodily functions are out of control. They can't, they can't control their bodily discharges. They are incontinent. And so we've seen that our society is incontinent. Literally, it means that mankind has lost the ability to exercise control over anything and everything. And we've seen that. We've seen the way we speak. There's loose speech. We just throw names out. What was it? What was it? Donna Brazil the other day, she was on news and she was telling people, she was telling the head of the Republican Party that, oh, she told her, go to hell, go to hell, go to hell. You don't say that publicly on the news when you're being interviewed. That's not right. But she has no control. It bears witness. You can tell me you're a Christian all day long, but out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And I'm no fool. You know, if you're talking like that to people, if you're wishing that they go to hell, I'm sorry, you're not my brother or my sister. Incontinent. It's usually used concerning the infirmed. Well, I want you to know, our mankind has become spiritually infirm, and the American culture is out of control. The next one we're going to talk about is fierce. It talks about that there's a widespread problem of fierceness. It's a cruel and barbaric and uncivilized generation that we're living in. Remember, it's not perilous times, talks about in verse 1, the perilous times are risky times because that there's global warming or there's physical calamity or catastrophe. No, the times that we live in are times of great risk and they are perilous because of the behavior of mankind in the end. And mankind is fierce. You go to a Trump rally and you see these protesters out there beating up the Trump supporters. It happened with Antifa when there was this big deal with, I forget the guy's names, but the police were being accused of judgment and 
abusing black criminals. They're actually criminals. And so Antifa went out there and they were burning cars, throwing rocks, fighting policemen. You know, mankind is fierce. And as we said before, because they're incontinent, they have no self-control. They say and they do anything. It's not that they're doing this so much intensely. They don't, they lack the restraints to keep them from doing it. So there are fierce times. There are times where we're at great risk. You know, in the Roman days, you had to go to a coliseum and then it's see this type of behavior, but not in America. You can turn on your TV, you can click on the internet, you can play with your latest video game, and it's all about barbarism. It's all about fierceness. It's all about violence. This will mark the end-time behavior of mankind. And I, I got to tell you this, you know, these people, they're just not out there in the world. They are in our church also. We did a study talking about Matthew 13, and Matthew 13 is when Jesus, is, he's been accused of uh, the doing the miracles that he did. He was accused of doing them through Satan. It was Satan's power that was allowing him to do these miracles. And basically, that's the unpardonable sin, blasphemy against the Holy Spirit of God. And Jesus said, okay, from now on, I'm done with you. I'm going to talk to the Jews only in parables because I want the people that believe me to understand, but you've lost that privilege. You've rejected me. I am rejecting you at this point. And so we see that. But the point is, he's telling us in the parables that the terrors, the ungodly, are going to be growing up with the wheat. And God is not going to send the angels to separate the terrors from the wheat until the final time of judgment. The kingdom of heaven is here now on the earth, and yet it's missing its king. Its king is in heaven. Yet we still have the grouping, the kingdom of heaven. It includes the church. It includes many religious people. It includes the counterfeit. It includes the false preacher. It includes the snake in the grass. It includes the false. It includes the fake. It includes the fearful. It includes the fraud. We all go to make up the kingdom of heaven. Unfortunately for the church, it's going to stay like that until the return of Christ. So we have to be wise about who we're listening to. We have to be wise about who we're letting minister to us. We have to be wise about the things that we're talking about because we want to make sure that we give everybody an opportunity to hear the gospel. Well, when preachers tell you we're not going to talk about sin or when they're coming after your money or then they're filling you, the Bible says, with damnable or destructive heresies, we have got to be so, so, so careful. We cannot fall for Satan's plans. He's tricking us. He's a tricky devil. He's good at what he does. And we have to be so wise. We've got to focus on the Bible. We've got to focus on the truth. We've got to make sure that we're just not letting any Tom, Dick, or Harry come down the pike and start talking to us and preaching to us. The next one, this is number 14 out of 19. It says that in the last days, men are going to be despisers of those that are good. I mean, tell me that the church is not under assault in America, right? We're criticized now. We're being labeled as intolerant. We're being labeled as haters. And nothing could be further from the truth. Despisers of those that are good. There's going to be a loss for the love of good things. You know, America, the flag, this is good stuff. You know, the church, you know, organized religion that honors the truth of the Lord Jesus Christ. These are good things, but they're under assault. It's going to be a strange reversal of how things once were. No laws to protect the good people, but now the laws are written to protect the, the bad people, the criminal. Laws are being written to protect the illegal immigrant. I'm sorry. The people that are working hard, the immigrants that came over and they followed the laws and they're waiting on the list to become legal, they're not getting what they're supposed to be getting. They're not getting the benefits uh, from the American culture. It's the illegals that we're giving sanctuary cities to. States like California, 
You know, they're ragging on ICE. ICE is a law enforcement agency designed to protect us from those who would break our laws to get over here. And yet it's ICE who's being played out as the bad guys. And it's the illegal criminals who are being played out as the good guys. This is a mark of end time mankind behavior. I don't sit there and scratch my head about what's going on. I know what's going on. I read my Bible. I study my Bible. I see what's going on. End time is being played out right under our noses in America today. You would have to be blind, deaf, and dumb not to be able to recognize everything the Bible said about end time behavior right before the return of Christ is being manifested right in front of our eyes. We see that there's no question that the Christian conservative is despised in America. Remember, mankind behavior, one of the 19 people will be despisers of those that are good. The church is despised. Our president is despised. Media is controlling what the information that we are hearing, and they are drawing conclusions for us, and we like blind sheep. We're just listening to it. The next one, men in chapter 3, verse 4, men will be traitors. You know, we violate our oaths. We don't have any integrity. Matter of fact, our next Patriots for Christ class, which will be on the 15th. I don't even know that you're going to hear this before then, so maybe just ignore that. But men are going to be traitors. There's no integrity. We've become traitors to our children. We have abandoned our children. My heart breaks when I say that. We're supposed to be protecting our children. We're supposed to be honoring the vow that we made when we got married. We made it to our wives. We made it to our God. And here we are. We are not only abandoning our children, we are turning them over to Satan. We have quit protecting them. We have quit teaching them the word. The least safe place in America to be right now is in the womb of a pregnant lady. It's depraved the way we're treating our children, the way we're sacrificing them. You know, it's just, I just get so frustrated. I get tongue-tied almost. 65 million children we've sacrificed on the altar of Molech. Why? Because they're inconvenient, because we want to have promiscuous sex outside of marriage, most likely, even, even in the marriage, but we don't want to be held accountable for what we've done. And that's just another manifestation. Jesus said this stuff would happen. Paul wrote about it. Another one, mankind will be heady, will be reckless on every level. We make quick decisions. We jump to conclusions. Uh, we get carried away like hotheads. We have no control, incontinent, over our anger, over our words. It's like the implication there is like a horse that suddenly bolts. People, we are known by violence. They wreck everything in sight. We take wild chances. You know, what is that, uh, the commercial? I think it was a Geico commercial. There's this guy, uh, they call him Mayhem. You know who I'm talking about, right? I'm sure you've seen it. That's what these heady people are going to be like. They just got no control. The next one is high-minded. And I love this. It means they're going to be doubly proud. They're just not going to be proud. They're going to be doubly proud. They're going to be conceited. They're going to be puffed up. You know, we're to take such thoughts about that that promote ourselves. We're supposed to be taking those thoughts captive. The Bible says the weapons of our warfare, they are not carnal, but they are mighty God. How mighty? To the pulling down of strongholds. What are they? Casting down imaginations, fantasies, and every high thing or thought that would exalt itself against the knowledge of God. When we have a thought that we're great, that we're doing this, that we are first place, we love ourselves more than others— That's not a godly thought. That's actually contradictory to the word of God. The Bible says, what is it? Uh, Don't think of yourselves more highly than you ought to. Be humble in your heart. Have a humble spirit. Recognize that you're going to be better than some and worse than others. No big deal. You are not in a competition against your fellow man. You are here to serve your fellow man. And if you know the truth and he doesn't, that doesn't make you great. That makes you a servant. You got to get that right. The next one. Do I have more on that? Let's see. 
Yeah, oh, this one's dangerous. This is number 18. And I tell you, this is one of the reasons we're going to be at risk in these last days. Men are lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. The danger there is that they do love God. The danger is they still love God. But the critical danger is that they would rather love pleasure, rather give in to their pleasures, rather give in to their carnal desires more than they love God. And at the end of the day, they don't really love God. If I love feasting, if I love partying, if I love drinking, if I love my job, if I love my wife more than I love God, then I don't really love God. And that's one of the things that's going to mark the end time behavior. It doesn't say they don't love God. They just would rather love pleasure more. Their accent is on carnal gratification more than spiritual gratification. They care more about satisfying their carnal needs than their spiritual needs. They still love God. That's the great danger because we don't know any different. We don't know what they're doing behind the scenes. That's part of the false teachers and the false prophets. That's part of the um, dangers that Paul warned us about in the book of Acts that Peter called them ravening wolves. I think Paul called them snakes that would rise up from within us. They don't announce themselves and say, I'm false. They present themselves as good. They are normally good people. They may very well be fine, good, moral people. But if they start to bring in heresies, then you know them by their fruit. Don't forget, these are tares growing up in our midst. You don't know them until, basically, it says that you start to see the, the blade in the corn. As you mature as a Christian, as we mature as a church, we're going to know who these false people are. And the Bible talks about how we're supposed to respond to them in Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 5. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. That's the 19th one. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. Basically, these are religious people. They make a play. They make a show at letting you think that they know God. They may be like the Pharisees. They did all their rules. They walked around praying and fasting. They let you know that they wore robes. That, hey, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a man of God. I, I've got a relationship with God. But at the end of the day, they were robbing the poor. They were abusive to the people that really did love God. Remember the guy that got healed and he got kicked out of the uh, synagogue because he gave the glory to God and he told them and they didn't believe that you can tell us anything. But we see that today. But look at this. Having a form of godliness. This is religion. They have their own form of religion or their own form of spirituality. It's the rise of a new form of paganism in our American society. It's not that they worship gods or goddesses like they did in the old days, but thinking that they have the correct form of religion. They look and they sound good and they seem to make sense. But compare the, what they're saying to the Bible and you'll see the fallacy of what they say and what they do. But notice there's more in that verse there. Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 5. End time mankind having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof, colon, from such turn away. We are instructed by Paul to turn away from these people. What does that tell me? That tells me that we're supposed to know who these people are. We're supposed to be able to identify the terrorists in our midst. We're supposed to know. I use Bible Gateway all the time. Great, great resource. And I wanted to see the different forms that they use, the different translations, when it says from such turn away. And let's see, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof, 
from such turn away. Another one, uh, avoid such people and keep far away from them. Uh, Another translation, avoid these people. Stay away from these people. Don't have anything to do with such people. You know, we're supposed to be protecting ourselves. When we see danger, we're supposed to be getting away from it, hiding from it, rejecting those that are promoting such uh, lifestyles. You must keep clear of people like this, the King James Version. Don't be taken in by people like this, the Living Bible says. Stay clear of these people. We are warned and we are, you know, basically commanded. Uh, What is it? The NAB? Reject these people. Have nothing to do with these people, the NIRV. Just make sure that you're obeying God in all things. You know, the commandments of God are so much more than do's and don'ts. They're there for warnings. Uh, Paul warns us constantly. Jude warns us. Peter warns us. We need to be wise. Read the Bible and allow God's Holy Spirit to reveal the truth about it. God will keep you from danger. The Word of God is alive and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing asunder the soul and the spirit, the joints and the marrow. The Word of God is the discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. The Word of God will reveal to you what's real, what's false, what's carnal, what's spirit. Well, I'm out of time. I think next week I want to talk about Romans 1. There's some great stuff in Romans 1, one of the best chapters, I think, in the Bible. Go ahead and read it ahead of time, and we'll start dissecting it next week. Till then, have a great week. I'm Ron Geyer. These are End Time Insights. Thank you for joining us for End Time Insights with Ron Geyer. Listen again next Sunday night at 8 on 100.7 The Word, where faith comes by hearing. You can also listen to the podcast of this program by going to kkht.com. If you would like to contact Ron, email him at gospelguy at comcast.net.